As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hello, and welcome, everyone, to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today, we have another birth story for you, and we get to chat with mom, dad, and baby makes a little appearance as well. So we're talking with Christina and Chris Porter and baby Madeline, who, fun fact, has the same birthday as Maya just a year later. And we talk with them about their process of deciding on home birth and how and why proximity actually played a huge role in their decision. We talk about the birth itself. There's some doggy doula action in there. So for any of you pet owners who would like to have your pets present at birth and then we get into postpartum discussion and some of the challenges and the realness about it, particularly around breastfeeding. So Christina experienced a nasty bout with mastitis and an abscess in her breast, the size of a golf ball. And so we talk with both of them about how they were able to navigate that challenging time, which according to them really blindsided them the whole postpartum game. But as a result of the magical, powerful birth experience they had that equipped them to move through that experience. And so they say without the type of birth that they had, they wouldn't have been able to make it through those tough times. 
So thank you to Christina, Chris, and Madeline. Here is their story. But quick, a word from our sponsor. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Bump Boxes. Bump Boxes is a monthly pregnancy subscription service tailored to mom's due date. So that means monthly deliveries of healthy pregnancy, mom, and baby products for every stage of your pregnancy up to your little one's first birthday. Each box contains full-size, safe, and healthy, trusted products and brands. They've treated hundreds of thousands of mamas everywhere to a fun, pampering experience. So treat yourself or a mama friend to a gift they'll really love and make their life easier. And now you can receive 35% off your first box in a subscription with the code D-I-A-H to let them know we sent you. And because we like to try out anything we promote on the show, we got our own bump box, even though we are bumpless at the moment. And this stuff is awesome, you guys. Such a cool concept and company, and I wish we used something like this while we were pregnant. So go to bumpboxes.com and use the code D-I-A-H for your order today. Hello, Christina and Chris. How are you guys? Uh, Great. How are you guys doing? Hello, hello. What's up? We are fantastic, and we're super Grateful that you're here on the show with us and happy to just jump into this conversation. We always love it when we can have the mom and dad. So, Chris, yes. you're, you're, you're definitely going to be popular on this one because people want to hear your experience, too. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here for the opportunity. Oh, that's awesome. And we have yeah. another guest as well, a little we guest, do. a baby Madeline <laughs> in the house. <laughs> yeah, hopefully she looks pretty tired right now, but she's definitely interested. Great, great. Okay. I can hear you guys. She'll be here the whole time. 
Love it. Love it. And we share a very special connection in the sense that Madeline was born a year after Maya on the same day. So September 11th, babies. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's so cool. Birthday buddies. Yeah, it'll be yeah. easy to remember. So we can always reach out to each other and wish our kids happy birthday. <laughs> I know. I know. Perfect. When, when we were listening, when I was pregnant to your birth story, it was, it was so neat because it was a year behind where we were at. So the whole time. That's cool. Um, when I first found you guys, it was it was special to be able to follow along that way. Wow, that is really cool. Um, so let's talk about you know that process or that time frame for you when you were planning and yeah. looking towards birth. Did you know you were going to do home birth, or where where did that decision come into play for you guys? Um, I think we knew we definitely wanted an out of hospital birth. I think for us, we thought that was going to be a birth center. Um, but it ended up being at home. Um, I I guess long story short, back in, um, college, I had a professor who I TA'd for and she invited a lot of the TAs over to her home, um, for like a dinner to thank all of us one night. And she had three kids, they were school aged. And I remember out of nowhere, we were not talking about birth, but one of the kids had mentioned that their mom, um, had had the youngest on their bed or something like that. And I was just like, what are they talking about? And I realized that she was like, I had all three of the kids at home and the kids were telling kind of, Oh yeah, well I was born here and they were born there. <laughs> That's um, cool. And it was, yeah, it was so cool, but it was so like, my mind was so blown. Like I never heard of home birth much less. Like, did I think anyone I even knew did that? Um, and I left that night just, I was, fixated on it. I don't know why. I just was like, I need to know more. Um, I was in the middle of college. And so I found myself, you know, at the library and stuff, instead of studying for classes, I was doing research on birth. Um, and around that same time is when the business of being born came out, which everyone, you know, always references. Um, so, you know, we watched that. And over the years, Chris actually, by trade, is a respiratory therapist. Um, and he works um, he's gone to what many labor and deliveries more, more than I can count. Um, but I did do labor and delivery from the NICU's viewpoint for about three years. Yeah. Um, but uh, RT wise, we go to all the high risk deliveries. So I was seeing kind of the more progressed, um, emergency type situations, um, for delivery. Wow. So, so over time, yeah, we just, we saw both sides of it and we just were like, this is what we want to do. And, um, fortunate for us, a birth center opened in 2016 here in Indianapolis. Before that, there was not one. Um, and our plan was to birth there. Um, when the time came, uh, when we got pregnant, but once we did get pregnant, um, we went in and talked to the midwives and they said, you know, we do home birth as well. And you guys live, you know, we live very close to a hospital. We live right downtown in the city, Um, so we were actually closer than even the birth center was. And so, uh, you know, for us, it just made sense. They told us there was no difference in the care that would be provided, um, you know, or the way they treat emergencies or what they carry with them. Um, so that was, we just kind of were like, okay, done home birth. It is, um, and never looked back. So, wow, that's so cool. So given it's really interesting how you both got different perspectives on birth and experienced birth in different ways and, you know, saw some of the, um, 
you know, more extreme, you know, as Chris was mentioning, kind of uh, cases, and then to want to create something different. So Christina, you had mentioned before that you had never heard about home birth, you know, before that conversation with your professor. Given that, was the decision to home birth kind of surprising for friends or family? Um, since I'm guessing they didn't know anyone else either? Or by that time, were they kind of familiar with your research and the route you had gone down? Um, so I think we had mixed, I think since it was so many years of me kind of like exploring this and talking about it, I think we had about half of our family that was really like, whether they thought we were crazy or not, they were not going to say anything. They knew we had our minds made up. Um, and I did have a cousin, um, who a few years before us, she ended up having her babies at a, the only birth center at the time in Indiana, which was up North, um, in Auburn, Indiana. And she had her babies there and she loved it. So I think some of my family was, was okay, but I definitely know, I think my parents were still very, um, just, I guess, worried, um, would be the word, you know, and it was really a struggle for us to try to figure out that fine balance of respecting how they felt, but realizing it's our birth and it's our family and and we've done the research and this is the right choice for us. Um, wow. That was very well said. That balance, I, I like that because, I mean, these are people you care about and you know care about you. So that respect and kind of understanding where they're coming from, you know, we talk about that a lot on the show. But then also being confident and affirmed in, in your decision and your, you know, family building now and your, um, you know, yeah. your partnership and, and all of that. So I, th- I think that's beautiful. Yeah, well, thank you. And- I think it definitely kind of crept in. Um, in labor. I mean, we can get to that later, but I, I definitely, it came to my mind, you know, can I do this? And what was I thinking type of thing for a brief period of time? Um, so, you know, I just, I guess I would say too, to anybody out there that might be listening, that is a grandparent or soon to be grandparents. Um, you know, it's really important to do the best you can to kind of help go to visits if you can, or, or listen to your show or read books and, and try your best to be supportive, even if it's a totally different experience than what you had with, you know, childbirth. So. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great advice. Absolutely. And Chris, what was your experience with, you know, making the home birth decision and then informing people or when, when folks would ask your birth plans, what was your experience with sharing um, all of that? My experience, it was still definitely had some pushback. Um, I remember, I mean, even when uh, Christina and I started dating in college, and this is when she kind of took off with some of this, and I remember thinking, oh, that's just crazy talk. Like, (laughs) that's not what I'm learning, and I'm learning X, Y, and Z, and the process, and all these things. And um, as I, after graduation, as I started working full-time, this conversation continued. I started actually having conversations with various physicians, OBGYNs about the, the models of care, uh, what drives the decision-making process, and um, lots of feedback from even supportive of lots of hospital workers that were like, I would actually recommend that, or I would do that, but I can't do that because my hands are tied for various reasons through uh, hospital policies uh, and those sorts of things. Um, so I think that really just over the years just kept opening my mind to this other possibility. And then as um, we started researching it more and more, it just started to make more sense for us, for our, for what we wanted to experience. Um, But again, we weren't planning on uh, uh, initially being at home. Um, 
And the big selling factor, at least for me, was our proximity to the hospital. Because uh, I just remember in the back of my mind, well, if something goes wrong, from my experience, it's like we need to be where we could get the care that we need. And that was one of the things that the midwives constantly were reminding me, like, oh, or certain questions I'd ask, well, what happens if this happens, or this happens, or this happens. And they were very reaffirming um, of what they have available to them. And then uh, when we found out that basically a home birth, birthing center birth was identical, the only difference was the proximity to the hospital. I was like, oh, well, actually that makes more sense than to do it at home or, you know, we can be comfortable. We're right down the street and all those sorts of things. So kind of really by the end, I kind of came full circle. That's really cool. I love that. And, and you know, at one point it was a geography, <laughs> um, you know, convenience. And I totally get that. I think that's great. Um, but what I really love is you mentioned, Chris, the, the midwives and how much information and assurance they were able to give you and to create that space for you to ask your questions, maybe bring up some, you know, what ifs and things like that and, and work through that. And I would imagine not being a man myself, it, it's a very challenging thing to be in that supportive role of something that isn't going to happen to your body. So in one sense, you're like, this isn't going to be happening to me. So maybe I should just shut up. But then on the other piece, it's no, I don't know what's going to be happening and I'm not going to be feeling it and experiencing it. So it's even more important for me to understand as much as I possibly can. Yes. And it was, and that was a big struggle. Like I wanted to be as supportive as possible. Uh, and I remember Almost every single time we left the birth center, because that's where all of with the midwives for all of our um, uh, checkups prior to birth was, I remember the sense of calm as we left. I'm just like, and we'd sit in the car. I'm like, Christina, I just, this is the right choice. They answered every question. I go, could you imagine uh, being a different type of, uh, if we were going, making a different decision is, would we have gotten that full amount of, time uh to answer questions would i have gotten that reassurance we're in the you know we'd have our visits it would be like an hour and a half uh where there were just any question i might have any reassurance i might have needed or christina might have needed was definitely offered and it was very well explained um so i it was it made me feel like i was able to be the support person that i wanted to be i feel you that's basically our experience as well you know the midwives were there to answer everything and any fear that, that, that I had any, you know, anything that was creating anxiety or, or, or unease, you know, they had, they had an answer for it. They could point me in the direction of resources. And I, you know, I totally felt the same way you did, Chris, when you would go back to the car and you'd head home and you just felt at ease, you felt peaceful. And, um, yeah, didn't, I didn't have that feeling when we were, when Sarah and I were, you know, going to the, the OB, you know, it really was the midwife experience that that uh, created that, and I'm very grateful to it. Yes, and I, so am I, and I, I know Christina is as well. <laughs> so let's get into birthing time, Christina. Yes. I It was cute and funny how you kind of mentioned there was a moment in the experience where you thought, you know, what am I doing or what decision did I make? And a year before you, probably yeah. at the exact same time, I was having a feeling like that as well. Um, so <laughs> I just want to hear what what was going on when you realized, you know, birthing time was upon us. Yeah, well, we kind of, so I'm going to backtrack just like a couple, like a couple days before birth, just because I think it's important. Um, so like, 
I was on Monday on Labor Day. Um, I actually had, we went to go on a walk and I had fallen on my stomach. Um, it was just a total fluke and I scraped myself a little bit and our, you know, we were calling our midwives immediately as we were headed towards the hospital and they said, yes, yes, you know, go to the hospital, you know, you need to have an ultrasound, make sure everything's okay. And so it was very scary. Um, but we got there and, um, you know, of course the hospital treated it very serious as they should. Um, but everything was fine, which was wonderful. Um, but that was a very different experience having that happen um, because as we went in, they ended up monitoring uh, me for a few hours and they said, oh, you're definitely having, you know, some contractions. I'm like, well, I've been having these for weeks. Right. Like, um, you know, and I, I was 39 weeks and they're telling me as they do the ultrasound, like you have a really big baby. And I'm like, well, she's 39 weeks. <laughs> like, I don't, of course, I feel huge. Like, she's huge. <laughs> um, and, like, duh. And so, you know, it was, it was a really different kind of experience. It was, it was weird too, because they were asking, where are you going to have the baby and what hospital and this and that. And it was like, well, you know, we're, we're using midwives. And um, so it was just kind of, when we left there, we were very fortunate that they were there um, in an emergency and had there been a problem, we would have really, really been thankful that we had access to great healthcare um, in that regard. But we were also very happy with um, the healthcare. We were choosing with midwives when we left, knowing that like, that setting for us probably would have been a little much. Um, it would have not jived with what we were looking for. Um, so fast forward, that was on Monday on Labor Day. Um, that following Monday, um, I was 39 weeks and two days, three days, right around there. Um, and we had gotten a lot of stuff done that weekend. We were just kind of nesting mode. And I was really tired. And so that Monday morning around like 4 a.m., I woke up. Um, and I just felt like my normal, I had been having, I guess, you know, Braxton Hicks, whatever you want to call them, like early contractions, um, for a long time. So for me, this was just kind of the norm. And, um, I remember kind of getting out of bed and, and I went to the bathroom and I was like looking out the window and I was just like, I'm done. Like, I'm so ready. Like, and I knew in my head, like, this is probably going to be a few more weeks. I'm only 39 weeks. Um, but I was like, I'm ready for baby. And I tried to go back to sleep. I couldn't fall asleep. So I went over into the nursery and um, I decided on a whim, like, oh, I should probably download a contraction app. Um, and I kind of started timing them. And I truly did not think I was anywhere needing to be timing these. I was just killing time. Um, and sure enough, it was telling me that they were about two minutes apart, but only 30 or 40 seconds long. Um, and I thought that was so strange because I'm like, that's so weird. And um it just seemed off. And so about six o'clock or so, I want to say, um, I woke Chris up because he was supposed to go to work that day. And I was like, well, in case this is labor, I want to let him know. Um, so I woke him up and we came downstairs with the dogs and lit some candles and turned on some music. And I kind of bounced on the birth ball. And I think you made me like a smoothie. Mm-hmm. Yep. I made your regular her, uh, pre-birth smoothie we had it all planned out she'd been drinking it for about a oh, week i was addicted to that yeah <laughs> full of dates and bananas and everything else yeah what was um, in it so for, those, I, for those folks who are listening yeah, right now who are was, like oh i want to know what's in that smoothie it is it was almond milk bananas dates was there spinach there was spinach and then there was one other thing we're missing might have been I'd have to go. Home. Oh my gosh, I can find it. I should. I'll send it to you guys. Okay, we'll include it. it in the show notes because I do. <laughs> it's really good. 
Awesome. But yeah, so I drank that down because um, I was like, well, just in case. And we just kept hanging out. And Chris, you kind of started timing, right? Yes. Yeah. So at this point, I'm like, well, what's really going on here? Um, so I, yeah, I'm excited, nervous. Don't know. You know, I was trying to figure it out. So I started timing as well. And, I, and then also visibly watching Christina for how she's responding. And I'm like, uh, a, the timing was off. Didn't make any sense for what, like, what should have been everything we read and books. And my water had not broken. I had no bloody show. There was no other sign of labor. I wasn't getting sick. No, nope. you were just having these very rapid, short, painful contractions. And the timing, it was, it was, it just didn't jive right. So and I'm like, well, Christina, I really think we should call the midwife. Let's call and get her written opinion. So that was around, I want to say, like 8 o'clock we called. And um, so the way it worked for us, we had, since we went through a birthing center, there were two midwives there um, who we saw throughout the whole pregnancy. And then whoever would be on call that day is who would attend. And actually both ended up being able to be here for ours. Um, But at the time, so we called and we got a hold of one of our midwives, Victoria, and she kind of said, well, yeah, I don't know. she said, do you want me to come over and check you out? Or if you want, you can come over to the birthing center because there's also a chiropractor in their office that we'd been using. And she said, baby might have just turned a little bit and that could kind of cause this for a little while. And if that's what it is, then you can see the chiropractor. And so I was like, oh, we'll just come in. Like I didn't even, I, cause I didn't think it was labor. Um, so we went, we got in the car an hour later and that was when I think I was like, wait a second. Like, this could be real. Like, this is really getting intense. Um, And so we got in the car. We went to the birth center. um, And it was neat. We got there. It was still dark. or It wasn't dark, but the birth center was, the lights were off. Like, no one was there yet. Um, And she checked me out. And she said, oh, you're four centimeters. And you're going to have a baby today. And we were like, what? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's very exciting. Everything just suddenly clicked. And I'm like, I just remember... Uh, Christina says it so well. When we were getting out of the car, she looked at me and was like, "Chris, I just you know I'm gonna cry no matter what. Whether yeah. the baby's coming or whether the baby's not coming." Um, but I, I just when she said that, everything just suddenly like my brain kicked in the hyperdrive. Like, oh no, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. I gotta do this. We're not at home. I gotta get the tub ready. Like all these other things. Um, but it was very a special moment. Very exciting. Yeah, it was. And the way she said it, like, "Oh no big deal. Like you're just you're gonna have a baby today." We were like, "Oh my god, okay." Uh, and then she said to us, too, she goes, you can stay here if you want, or you can go home as planned, like whatever you want to do, because they do have all their birthing suites there. And um, I was like, no, no, we still want to go home. Um, so we went home, and I think we got home maybe like 10, 15 or so in the morning, and Chris started filling up the tub and everything, and uh, we fed the dogs and all that. And I think uh, we had called our doula as well. Um, who was like, what? Like, you're already four centimeters? Like, wait, oh, let me get over there, you know? So our doula um, and then our midwife both arrived right around 11, um, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, brought all their bags in and got set up. Um, and then uh, things, were, things were going, I mean, along. Like, I was surprised. I was really in, like, a, a feet, like, chipper. I was, like, so proud of myself. Like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't believe I've been handling this so well. Um, and then I want to say, was it around like 12 or so? Um, I, I was kind of sitting in the same spot on the birthing ball most of the time. And, um, 
they had recommended like we try to go for a walk if I was up if, if we were up for it it was a beautiful day out um and so we made it down the stairs because our bedroom's upstairs and we got the dogs on our leashes. Got all the dogs ready. Oh. It was a very slow process. <laughs> yes. To be crystal clear. Where Christina was not moving very as quickly as that might have sounded. <laughs> but we finally got the dogs ready. We were out the door. Yeah, and we live like right since we're in the city, I mean we're right there by like the street and the sidewalk and and we stepped down. I had a contraction on the porch. I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. And and they're like, It's okay, like even if you don't walk far, like you know, it's going to be good. It'll get you moving. You're doing great. And so then I stepped down and we have a very, you know, it's a smaller city front yard, but as I stepped down and walked a couple steps, I like had another wave and I fell down to like all fours in the grass. <laughs> and I think everybody was like, Oh, well, we're not going to make it much further at this point. Um, and so it was kind of funny. We all laughed about that. And I was like, okay, I think I'm done. They were like, no, that's great. Like you got up, you moved, you made it outside. That's wonderful. I just remember at that moment thinking, I was like, well, Christina, if the baby comes, you know, we're having a home birth. This will just, you know, prove everybody that we're having a baby naturally out in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't very happy when I said that at the time. No, I wasn't. But I remember thinking that. And then, you know, I was like, all right. And the doula was like, don't worry about the neighbors. They can get over it. We'll get you back inside. Well, there weren't neighbors outside, but I was like, what if the neighbors are watching right now? She's like, don't worry about it. Like, I will talk to them. Like, we're all good. Like, you know. Um, so, so yeah, so we made it back inside and we made it upstairs and, um, the, the tub was almost ready. So I did, um, ask Victoria, like, I was like, well, kid, you know, she's like, well, if you'd like, I, I can check you if you want. Um, you know, I, I don't have to. And I said, no, no, I do want to know. Um, initially I had said, I didn't want to have many exams, but I, I got to a point where I was like, I want to know. And so she said I was about six centimeters um and you know if I wanted to get in the the pool I could um right around that same time my dad had called and this is funny just because we had decided I don't know if you guys I I know some I don't know if it was what you guys did I can't remember but um we had decided not to tell any family members uh that we were in labor until after she was here I just was worried about too many phone calls or distractions Um, but my dad was calling and it was supposed to be my first day of maternity leave. And there was a hurricane going on, Hurricane Irma, um, down in Florida, which is where he lives. And so I was like, if I don't answer, he's going to know something's up. Mm. Um, so I actually, yeah, I carried on what, it was like a five or 10 minute conversation. It was about 15 minutes. Wow. Oh, man. Oh, the storm's coming through. And I know. know, We got our wine and dog food and water. (laughs) We're all set. The power was out. And, like, I'm, like, at one point, like, Chris is laughing. I'm, like, biting my knuckle, like, on this birthing ball, like, trying to, like, breathe through and not make noise. Wow. Um, you had your I, own storm I, you were going every, through. <laughs> I know. And everybody was just laughing at me. Like, they were all just, like, whatever you want to do, it's your birth. But, like, it was just so funny. And I was, like, I, but I just, I was worried about them, too. Like, I want to make sure they're okay. And he's, like, so is the baby coming today? And I was, like. Oh, you never know, but no, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, just saying all this. So it was really, it was really kind of funny. Um, and then that also happened, as you know, having a baby on September 11th. Um, that was, you know, shortly, it was about 1230 at that point, one o'clock. About Yeah. And we all, my doula had actually been in New York um, on September 11th. So it was like a weird thing where we all kind of started sharing where we were on oh, that wow. day. Uh, 
which was, yeah, it was kind of like this sadness, but then I, you know, thought to myself, like, it's a beautiful day. And, you know, what better thing to do on a day like this than like bring life into the world. Agreed. And, yeah. you know, I just, because I, I, because I, I do think there's, you know, sometimes you kind of think, oh, but, um, you know, we moved on from there. Your dad didn't know that you were in labor. No, yeah, he had no idea. So that was good. Got off the phone, got into the birth tub, um, and I felt much better, but then I also felt like it way more intense um, immediately. And I was making noise. And at this point, I think that's what spurred our little dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right when I got in the tub. It was the first time she got in the tub. And like I mentioned earlier, she was by her side the entire time. And I think the noises and then she wasn't, since she's so small, wasn't able to see into the tub. And she just leapt. She's like, my mama's in trouble. Oh, my gosh. And she does not like water. No, yeah, she hates water. So we were all laughing at that. We caught her and got her out. We were called her our doggy doula. But <laughs> anyways, I know it was really, it was really funny. So at that point, um, I was in the tub. My, um, the other midwife, Angela made it over. So there were both the midwives and then um, our doula. And from that point, I would say I just, it was like a rotation of, because things were intense and I just was like, I had this false idea, you know, where you're like, I want to get comfortable. And everybody's like, sweetheart, like, you're not going to get comfortable. It's labor. Like, this is, you kind of just have to accept it. And um, I would go from the tub to the bed to the toilet and then back to the birthing ball and then back to the tub. I was all over the place. Um, and I, and I, so about like, what, four o'clock or three o'clock, um, they, I was checked again. I think it was mm-hmm. around three. And she said I was eight centimeters. And at that point, I was thinking, well, God, three o'clock, like, that's not that bad. Like, I'm getting so close. Um, It's going fast. I think I was almost a little bit surprised and a little overwhelmed by how quickly it seemed to be going. Um, And so then I think that was right around the time where I just, I hit a wall, like, and everything basically slowed down. And it, in essence, almost like, I don't want to say stopped, but. You were definitely getting exhausted, visible signs of your exhaustion setting in. It was just I was frustrated. Just frustrated yeah. and, and that's when it got really difficult, yeah. at least from... And in my head, I keep think I kept thinking, like, I've read so much about birth. Like, this has to be, like, I have to be getting close to nine and transition and this and that. But then at the same time, like, that, that wasn't what was happening. And I, I think I was kind of in my own head. I was holding on. I had a lot of those thoughts of, like, should I have been doing this? Like, were people right? Um, you know, like, I, I don't know, all those thoughts that kind of... You were upset at one point. I remember, I don't know what I'm doing. I should have done this with my <laughs> second baby. baby. <laughs> what was I thinking trying this at home with my first? <laughs> um, yeah, you were a little frustrated. But it was it was short-lived. Like, very short-lived. It was like a very short thing uh, in, the, in the grand scheme of things. And I had it, I think, by like about six, I was facing the wall on the toilet in our bathroom <laughs> and um, Chris and I were basically in there by ourselves and our, our doula was kind of at the door kind of watching us. She'd been doing some aromatherapy or essential oil stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just really like, at that point I was like, we need to have this baby. Like I am done. I, I can't like, it's starting to get dark. And I noticed um, that the birth, so there, there were two birth assistants um, that that was the plan. They'd come over, once we get closer to baby here. 
Um, and so Lisa and Cheyenne, they, they came up the stairs and they were there and they were saying hi briefly. And I was just like, oh my God, there's all these people. Like this has to happen. It's getting dark out. And so Chris and I, Chris kind of gave me a little pep talk in the bathroom. Like, you're doing great. Like you got this. And um, I walked out of the bathroom and back into the bedroom and, you know, all these people. And I'm like, we're going to have a baby. Like this is going to happen. And I asked Angela if she could check me again um, just to see. I was like, I just want to know like one more time. And, and she said, well, you're still at, or you're at like still at eight or so. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was still eight. And I, which I was really frustrated. And I asked her at that point, I said, well, my water hasn't broken, has it? And she said, no. Um, and I said, if you break that, cause I was feeling so much pressure and it was like on my tailbone, I was having trouble like standing or getting on all fours yeah. or it was just really hard to get in any position, um, that I thought might be better for labor. And so she said, well, I can, if you want me to, of course, like there's not like a medical reason to, but we definitely can. And so, um, I said, yes, I, and you know, um, and so she broke my water and right immediately I felt relief. And then I felt like pressure, like way more pressure than I'd been feeling. And I got into the tub right away. And that was about six thirty that she broke my water and, um, and I got in the tub. And I want to say within minutes, I was pushing. You got in the tub closer to about seven. Yeah. I remember. And then it was okay. like 20 minutes. Oh, baby's here. Yeah, it was very quick. Wow. Um, and yeah, so I got in the tub and I was, and I was started, and I, I remember too, I, there were all these people around and since it was getting dark, they were putting this light above the tub and, you know, everybody's kind of like quietly scurrying to their, you know, stations or I don't know their spots around the tub. I'm not really paying attention, but I look around and I realize I'm like, where's Chris? And I said, I was like, Chris, get in this tub now. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like terrifying, actually, because you were in the tub. I was right behind you. And you're like, Chris, get in the tub. And then I had all of these women looking at me, the two birth assistants, the two midwives and the doula basically like look at me like and look straight at the tub and like point like get in the tub. Like, <laughs> now, Okay, like, like, shirt off, two seconds, I'm in the tub. Like, it was, uh, like, yeah. do it, do it now, do what she said. Like, it was a little intimidating. At first. <laughs> no, like, okay, was, okay, yeah. I'll get in the no, tub. No, it was very direct, like, she wants you in the tub, get in the tub. Yeah. <laughs> and, I know, so he got in, and um, it was just a few pushes later, and and Chris caught her, and, um mm-hmm. And like, you know, the midwife was right there to catch her too. And they brought her to my chest and it was just, it was magical. And like in our pictures, we didn't have professional ones, which I wish we would have done, but our doula took pictures, which were still really good. And it's so cute because right after, like seconds after she's born, I'm holding her and I'm leaning back in the tub and our little dog is like licking her head, like already. Oh my gosh. Um, It's so cute. And um, so it was just really, really special. And um, it was just, it was just the way it was supposed to be. I mean, we got out of the tub, um, right after that, uh, well, like, uh, I'd say like 15 minutes yeah, it was later. Probably about, yeah, about five, 10 minutes. Yeah. It's yeah, hard to You're out of the tub pretty, fairly quick. So. Yeah. They have a, they wanted the placenta to be delivered, as they say, on land, um, not in water. That's just a, you know, policy that they do so they can kind of help monitor bleeding, um, and the, the plan wasn't necessarily to have a water birth. I mean, we thought maybe that would happen. Cool. But, um, 
it just happened that way that that's where I wanted to be and needed yeah. to be. No, I remember you telling me that you not like you, that was more for you was in essence for pain management was the tub. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. In my head, you kept saying like, I'll probably um, not be in the tub for the actual pushing. But, but I was. But you were. Wow. So, so she was born at 7.25 um, p.m. So, so that, I mean, all in all, I felt like that was a fairly quick labor. I mean, I, the first thing I ever felt was around 4 a.m. And I don't think things really got going or really intense till closer to noon or one. Right. Um, so I was very thankful that, I mean, in the moment you feel like it's lasting forever, but looking back, I'm like, that was really quick. Um, so that's yeah. incredible. That's amazing. <laughs> it was. It was. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And, uh, you know, one thing we talked about earlier before we hit record and jumped into this thing was, and also in our emails, Christina, and in our conversation before that, postpartum was a little bit challenging. And I was wondering if you were cool with jumping into a little bit about that, because that's also something that's come up with listeners, something they want to hear more about. Um, Just this whole new world you've entered into and all these changes from physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and, you know, how to navigate that, not only as a woman and a mother, but then as uh, partners, as husband and wife, and then as a family. So what were some of the things that came up for you or that you remember being most challenging in the beginning? Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, it was definitely challenging. I So for me, um, I guess we'll kind of start uh, right after I had her because right after I had her, I mean, it was so powerful and so emotional and wonderful and she's on my chest and everything's great. Um, and um, at that point they had said, you know, I have tore slightly. Um, so I needed to have a couple of stitches, which, you know, was fine. I, you know, 
course they, you know, numb it, everything's fine. Um, but what got me more was as I'm laying there, I, I have a, I have large breasts and, um, I, I felt that immediate, you know, everyone's trying to help you breastfeed. Um, and Madeline was, was very alert and very, uh, like awake and like looking for it and everything was good. Um, but I felt like it was so hard to get in any type of position to feed her. Um, and I had taken, well, Chris and I had both taken, like, cause he wanted to help the best he could support me. Um, we had taken a breastfeeding course um, through the, the birth center. I had read multiple books on breastfeeding and it was just so much harder in real life. Um, and, and a lot of different people were trying to help by saying like, oh, you could consider this or that. And my immediate thing was like, call the lactation consultant that we talked to. I think literally it was like four hours after birth. Chris was like texting her yeah. three hours after birth. Yeah, I was on the phone with her pretty quick. And and asked her if she could come over the next day because I just knew I was like I'm gonna need help and I was very ha- thankful that I had that help to begin with. Um, so any mamas out there like find a lactation consultant and and have them lined up for after birth um, because that was important for us. Uh, so the next day, so that night I don't think she really you know was eating. I mean we were trying, but who knows. Um, but the next day, uh, the lactation consultant had come over and she was very, very helpful. Um, but I was already having a lot of pain and, and my nipples were really sore and, um, it was just hard. It was just so much harder than I thought it was going to be. And, um, over the next few days, I mean, they said she was getting some and, and my milk came in. Um, but over the course of the next few days, um, I developed what we, we thought was mastitis. Um, looking back, I, I guess assume that's still what it was. But what had happened was somehow it turned into an abscess um, on my right breast, and it was this huge lump. And we thought it was a plug duct. I mean, I don't know. We've never had a, mm-hmm. never had a baby. Like we don't know. Um, and and the nurse had been over to the house, and at the time, like a day or two after birth, everything was fine. Uh, this had just developed later, so I was on the phone with the midwives, and they said, you know, well, why don't you come in if if that's, you know, what you're experiencing, because that doesn't sound like a plug duct. And um, sure enough, uh, they said it was an abscess. It had not opened up onto the breast, like onto out of the skin. I don't know how to describe that. Um, but it was it was large. I would say what, like a king pot? Like it was about the size of a golf ball. Wow. It was feeling it. And I remember it you like, I think it's a plug duct. It kept getting bigger. Lactations consultant said that too. So she's like, and you could feel the tracks of it, and you could kind of see how it was growing. And then, um, I'll say this right now for thousands out there, um, you'll learn to support your woman very quickly at breastfeeding <laughs> and get very familiar with her breath. Um, <laughs> so I was trying, trying everything I can to help. We were trying hot compresses to try to help open it up. Uh, we actually uh, went a, a, a vibrator, vibrator to help uh, try to break it up. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that. Wow. Yeah. It just nothing seemed to work. And by the end, it, it really was about the size of a golf ball. And, and this was, is like, uh, and this is like a week and a half postpartum. And I'm already on antibiotics. They're telling me to try to break this up. I'm not feeling like she's eating enough. Um, it was just, my nipples are like cracked. Like it was just, it was awful. Like I was just crying. I felt like every time and she you were tried to eat, yeah, it was still, you know, it's just the, the normal like recovery. Cause that was the other thing. I mean, you know, and 
just having just going to the bathroom and like yeah all these little things you don't that are they're hard yeah no matter where you have a baby I mean it I um, felt like we were so prepared going in at least for me I was very prepared I think for pre-birth and birth and I will admit I'm a male I don't know yeah I'm not I have not had to go through cycles or anything like that and the postpartum I just I felt like I was blindsided I I felt like I was able to be that support for Christina until really the postpartum. I felt like it just, nobody ever really talked about it. Well, they had talked about it, but it was just It wasn't the focus. Yeah, it wasn't the focus. Not the glamour. The exciting part was meeting your baby. It was kind of like an afterthought. Yeah. And so... Long, so as so as this is going on, we can't get rid of I can't get rid of this lump. They tell me like this is an abscess, like you need to have it drained immediately. Um, and this is like actually like a, a serious thing, like you can't just wait longer. Like even though you're on the antibiotics, um, which you know I felt horrible taking antibiotics after just having this natural birth and like you know yeah. her beautiful biome, and I'm feeling like I don't want to have to do this. Um, but you know you, you got to do what you got to do when it comes to that. Sure. So I so I. I'm calling the hospital because they're saying, you know, they called over and said, you need to get in. Well, <laughs> this is like approaching October now because we have, I mean, it's a couple weeks later. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know the exact date, but they're telling me that everything's booked because of breast cancer awareness and that like they don't, they can't get me in anywhere in like the whole surrounding area. And I'm like, well, they're telling me this is an emergency. And at this point, I'm on the phone trying to schedule holding my newborn. Chris had to go back to work a week after we had her. One week off. And even though he was working short hours and coming home, um, you know, halfway through the day and stuff, it was still, I was just like crying and holding her. And I was like telling the lady on the phone, I'm like, look, they're telling me this is an emergency. What am I supposed to do? Go over to the ER. Like, tell me what to do. I have this lump in my breast. I have a newborn. I don't know what to do. And she finally, I think she really felt bad for me. And she, um, you know, said, hold on, hold on, like, let me figure this out. And she got me in that next morning. Um, and at the time, I didn't really know, I knew I was going into the breast center to be checked out. I didn't realize when they said this was happening, like what it all meant. And so as I went in, then they're like, no, we need to drain this now and this and that. And I'm trying to ask questions like, okay, but like, can I still breastfeed? Like, what does this mean? And uh, it was weird because it's a breast center. And I felt like half the people there were like, well, I don't know. Let me check with so-and-so. I'm like, what do you mean you don't, you don't know? Like, you know, can I or can't I? And um, they were numbing the area and everything. So I wanted to make sure it was okay. And, and the answer is yes, you can. <laughs> um, and that will not harm the baby. But, um, and I felt, because Chris wasn't with me, because we didn't think we thought if something needed to be done, like a procedure, then that would be scheduled from there. But they wanted to do it right then and there. So Madeline was asleep in her like stroller. This is your first time out of the yeah, house. Yeah, this is my wow. first time out of the house by myself. And I'm like an anxious mess. And I, I'm looking at her and she, thank God she's like super calm. They send a nurse into the room and say she's going to be there to like watch the baby. And I'm like, just don't touch her. She's fine. Like, and I'm freaking out in my head. Like, I don't know you. Like, I don't, you know, no. Like, what do you mean someone to watch the baby? And, um, and you know, it was a quick procedure but at the same time they're still numbing you and you can't move and, and this and that and at one point Madeline made like a little noise and everybody froze and then she went right back to sleep so um so they took they took out quite a bit of pus I mean it was gross um and it immediately was much smaller 
And I was like, okay, great. Well, what do I need to look out for? They're like, oh, you should be fine. Finish your antibiotics. That's that. Um, sent me on my way. Uh, well, within a day, not even, it was filling back up. Um, yeah. And yeah, very quickly. And it was so frustrating. And it was just awful. And I ended up, we got our lactation consultant back over. And she was showing us some massage techniques and said it might need to be drained again. And so she really worked with us on a, a good latch and like assured us that Madeline was getting enough food. I had plenty of milk. If anything, like it sounds like somehow, some way, like it could have just been from one of my cracked nipples in the first few days. I touched something or somehow I got this infection. Um, and, and I had all this milk that also came in and I was engorged and, and yeah. just real quick with the lactation consultant, it was very reassuring because she even brought in her own scale. So they were like, I remember yeah. Wade Madeline, Christina fed her, and then she weighed her again. So she's like, look, we know this is how much she's getting. She's oh, getting X amount of ounces, exactly what she should. So that was very helpful, but it was just, it was very nerve wracking going through. Um, <laughs> now, Christina, yeah, it was just, were were you able yeah, to nurse off of the breast that had the abscess? Yes, yes. So like, so because that was again like all these questions I had, and um, yes, they actually said that was like good, like just keep it keep it going. Like they said, because I kept freaking out, like if I pop this, like does it get into the milk or what happens? Yeah. And they kept saying like, no, this is to, like it'll be reabsorbed. Yeah, they described it as so the abscess typically like once that infection was there, even if it was introduced. Um, through the uh, like the mammary tract or whatever it's the the mammary gland, it was actually in the space around uh, around it. So once it were to like if it once it dissolved, got broken apart, it would actually pass and just reabsorb into the body's tissue, but not, but not into the breast milk. So, but that took a little bit yeah. to get some back clarification to make sure that everything would be okay. Yeah, it was amazing how many people work at a breast center but don't know anything about breastfeeding. <laughs> like, I don't, I mean, I, 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 was, I was blown away. And I guess that, like, you were actually at two I was at two different ones. Yeah, because I, I ended up, long story short, um, I stayed on this antibiotic, and I was getting so frustrated because at this point I've been on this antibiotic for weeks. And they ended up switching me because I talked to the midwives as well. And they're like, look, Christina, like, this is so rare you know, we're so sorry this happened, but like, this is serious. Like you definitely, cause I guess if you don't treat it fully, um, it can, it can basically grow and open up and cause your skin to open on the surface, um, which can then you possibly have to have surgery and all this. And I was just, Oh, so upset. Oh my God. And I really wanted, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I wanted to breastfeed and, and all this and I was, but I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to continue doing that because everybody I knew around me was like, just stop breastfeeding, mm -hmm. get rid of it, be done. Um, I felt a lot of pressure that way. And even as the nurses at the hospital kept saying like, oh, don't, these moms put way too much pressure on themselves. It's no big deal. And I'm like, it's not about putting pressure on myself. It's like, this is just what I want to do. It's good for me. My health is good for her. Like this, it's, it's not, I don't feel like I have to, I want to. And so please support me in what I want. There um, you go. That's and, it. That's yeah. like have the support to make the choice that is best for you and to have people around you who are informed. I mean, these people at the centers, I would have been like, you're the boob experts, right? I mean, come on. I know. So but if you are a center oh. for a thing, maybe you should know about all the things that those, 
<laughs> that they are used for and that their their roles and their jobs and and all of that it's, it's just very fascinating but i mean great for you to it wasn't I was going to say, great for you to have the perspective you have on it. You know, you don't seem very jaded by the process, albeit there were plenty of opportunities to do that or to be frustrated with, you know, the care or the system or whatever. But it just seems like you can, it's like you can share this information now and you're part of your story to help other moms through their journey and, you know, to to glean lessons from your experience Um, and that it didn't, you know, it didn't bring you down. So just, you know, to just put it that way. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, I was really frustrated. I was more hard on myself because I kept thinking, how did this happen? Like, what did I miss? What did I do to cause this? And I mean, our lactation consultant, our midwives, everybody kept saying, like, stop. Like, there is nothing. We don't know. Like, it, it could have been, it could have been anything. Like, you, you just don't know. You could have pet one of the dogs and touched myself. You know, who knows? Um, and so I, it was hard to kind of let go of that, but it was like, focus on getting this fixed, focus on feeding your baby. Um, and I ended up having a second draining done, um, mid October, six, six, yeah, six or seven days after the first one. Uh, and my mom came down, which was great. She was able to get off work and come down for that one. So she was able to watch Madeline. I knew what to expect, um, and everything like that. So that was good. Um, but it was just really rough. I'd say it was probably the end of October, that I finally was like feeling better and like feeling like I was feeding her, I don't know, correctly or like my nipples were healing. I mean, and this is six weeks, which is the other thing. Everyone says, Oh, six weeks postpartum. And I guess in my head, I really thought like, Oh, by two or three weeks, I'll be feeling much better. I mean, it took every bit of that six weeks and then some um, to really feel, to feel better. I mean, it was like, you know, you have this burning when you pee and then it's, it's a little difficult to like, for me, my tailbone, um, she was sitting on my tailbone a lot during labor. And so for me to sit was difficult, um, those first couple months without like a cushion or something, um, because my tailbone <laughs> hurt so bad. Um, and just all these, all these things. And I, I just kept thinking to myself, like, how are people going back to work and how are people like having all these other kids? Like they need so much more support. And um, it's just, it's such like Chris said, it's like nothing can really prepare you for that. And I know not everyone experiences it to the extreme that, that we did, but it was a big reality. Well, yeah. And I think Christine, you just kind of said it, but I felt like there, how could you be ready to support somebody when, nobody else there's no support system even there so how could i or you be fully educated you know to do what we wanted to do or offer it the best way and i I just know i felt like i didn't even i felt helpless i was like i i want to help you but i felt like there are no i was having trouble finding the resources to find resources to help you yeah and, it was just- and we were fortunate because Madeline, like, and she still is, she's like the best baby. I mean, she was so chill about it. Like, whatever, mom, like I'm eating <laughs> like it's cool. And I'd be sitting there just bawling and she just smile. Like, I mean, not, I mean, she's a newborn, like, but you know what I mean? Like, she's just looking at you like it's fine. And uh, so that was good, at least that we didn't totally have like a screaming baby on top of that. Um, but, but it was, it was rough. I think it was come November. I, I it was hard to process all that too it felt yeah it was just a big blur um but but yeah I think once we hit November mid-November things really started to to kind of 
plan out. And like, we're still breastfeeding now. I mean, things are great. Um, I would not change that journey for anything. Like I, I mean, and I tell mothers out there, like get support, get a lactation consultant, get the help. Um, if you want to breastfeed, if it is for you and your family, then, then you can make it happen. And it is definitely, it's been worth it for us, um, in the long run. So, so yeah, that's most of my postpartum stuff was, was breastfeeding, I think. Um, but I will say this, I will say this too. I've told Chris numerous times, I don't think I, and maybe this is, I don't know. I don't think I could have handled what I went through postpartum had I not had the birth experience that I had. Um, because I know getting through that birth experience and having a natural birth and, and making your own choices about things, I felt very empowered to, um, to, to do that and to make up my mind. And I think Chris did too. And I felt very like strong and capable. And when I got to this challenge, I kept telling myself, and there were many nights where I would rock her and I was like, I don't know, should we just give her a bottle? And then I was like, no, one more night, one more feed, one more time, one more appointment, one more day of antibiotics. Like, and I kept telling myself that every day, one more time. And it's similar to like the, the waves and contractions and then, you know, the whole experience of birth itself. Um, so I don't know, but I felt like had I not had that support and powerful feeling from birth, it might've made this postpartum journey even that much harder. Um, that's very powerful. (laughs) And I appreciate you sharing that. And I appreciate you sharing all the realness of your postpartum experience. And I think through sharing more stories like this, I think it can spark things and promote shift into providing more, care and information around the postpartum experience for mom and for dad and, you know, for the people who are going to be supporting them as well. Um, it's a, it's a huge thing to move into. And, you know, I think we kind of, okay, baby's out. Everything is in place relatively. Everyone is safe per se. And now, you know, go along your way. But, uh, that's where a lot of things are just beginning. So I appreciate, you know, you sharing that yeah yeah and definitely and I appreciate giving the opportunity to you know I that's the last thing I'll say too is I I also think it's really um you know I felt like when people were coming over to the house it it was great to see them um but it was so hard because there was there is that big focus on the baby um and then it's a brief like how are you and you're like I'm fine and I felt it was so hard because it's so hard to explain to somebody like how hard it is and you feel like you don't want to be complaining you don't want to make it sound like you're not thrilled to be a new mom um and i just want every mom to know like it's totally normal to feel that way and it's okay and you're not gonna forever feel that way um and you know to people that are visiting new moms you know to to really take their wishes into account and like for me i didn't want people here that long i didn't want them you know just hanging out all the time chris was very good about protecting that space for me and trying to get people out the door or not come, not to come over things like that but but anyways all in all we're we're doing awesome now so you are doing it. awesome yeah. and you are awesome and you know what i love christina in our in our messages back and forth before we got on this call you said something about how listening to the show had been so great for you guys that you kind of wanted to pay it forward um and put it out there oh, for yeah, other mamas sure. so you've definitely been able to do that and you've kind of carried the the mission out, I would say, and it's it's absolutely going to impact other mamas at, at different points in their journey. So um, you guys are awesome. You are. And- awesome. Well, thank you so much for letting us share. 
Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And I would love for each of you to just, uh, as we, as we wrap up, um, you know, support has been a big theme and the support that you received from others or wanted to receive from others. Uh, but what I'm very interested in is the support that you both gave one another. So the emotional support. So can each of you just briefly share what was something that, you know, from an emotional support standpoint, you just were so grateful that the other person was able to give you. Um, and that I think will help listeners out there who are kind of preparing for their own birth right now and things that they might be, uh, they can kind of stick in their back pocket and talk to their partners about. So just share something that you really appreciated about the other person and how they emotionally supported you. Oh my gosh, I could talk for like two hours. Um, <laughs> I, I, there's <laughs> so many things. I was gonna say, I definitely appreciated, especially you know, after baby, I was so upset. And like all those nights where I'm like crying and trying to feed her, Chris, I know you probably wanted to fix things, but a lot of times you just sat there and were like, you were in the room with me. You just sat there. You were like, do you want water? Do you need anything? Like, and I felt like that was so, so supportive and so powerful in and of itself. Um, just to, to be there. Like I said, you, you were protective of my space and what I needed. You made phone calls for me. You brought me food. Everyone out there, feed your, feed your wives after or your, your ladies after they have their babies, um, your partners. But, um, but you were just and all through the whole process. You trusted me. Like there were many times where I was like, I don't know, this feels wrong or this, this. And you were like, let's call the midwives. Let's do this. And um, you were just really, really supportive. I really appreciate it. Yeah. All that. And how about you, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we hear her. Uh, she does. She just woke up. Uh, for me, I think um, I, all I, I, I said it again and again, all I wanted to do was to be that support person for Christina, but she still was very reassuring to me. It was the most beautiful, terrifying, awesome thing to watch and experience and be a part of her birth and our daughters. Um, but just her reaffirmations back to me, like, hey, thank you for that. Hey, you are, you're doing exactly what you need to be doing. Uh, was very powerful to me and motivating um, to get that, you know, because I oftentimes sat there and I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing enough. I don't know if I'm doing it right. But she was very supportive in the sense of like, I could see, just see it in her face from her expression of relief or gratitude, just knowing that what I am doing is what I should be doing. Um, and I hope that makes sense. Um, yeah, it does. But you were like, maybe he was making, you know, like salt water solutions and shot glasses to put on my nipples at one point. I mean, yeah, there's so many buying things. vibrators and uh, <laughs> <laughs> what a champ. Uh, but for everybody, every um, man out there that wants to be as supportive as possible, I would say just do research and just try. Yeah, you're, they will appreciate it every moment. And if they don't say it, you can see it. Well, even if you can't fix something, like just being there, like physically being there meant so much to me. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Aw, all the love vibes. I love it. So, Christina, Chris, and Madeline, thank you so much for being on the Doing It At Home podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. (laughs) 
quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.